Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. It's one thing for a university to mount an opera, but mounting a contemporary opera feels like another thing entirely. You can't watch the master's performances on YouTube to learn their tricks, and you can't rely on your audience's nostalgia for the material. In some ways, you're on your own. But the University of Missouri St. Louis's Opera Theater is up for the challenge. This weekend, it's set to mount a show called The Clever Artifice of Harriet and Margaret. No Pirates of Penzance or Carmen here. It's a one act chamber opera from composer Liana Kirchhoff. There are just four characters with singing parts, plus two smaller roles who handle sound effects and other sundry duties. It's been described as a, quote, cat and mouse conversation between two rivals, and the music is gorgeous. Producer Evie Hemphill stopped by a rehearsal in the music building this past weekend. She arrived just as UMSL Opera Theater director, director Stella Marcoux was getting things set up. Let me describe a little bit the scene okay. so you know what's going mm-hmm. on here. Did it break? See, this is, this is why we, we practice with our props so we know. It's better than to lose the jewels on stage. <laughs> not, not show the family jewels. <laughs> Don't worry about it. We'll fix it. This is our manservant. Oh, nice to meet you. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met one before. So. <laughs> it's our only, um, our opera's supposed to be only estrogen, but, you know, we had to spice it up a little bit. Oh, okay. Spice it up a little bit. The plot involves a character named Margaret paying a visit to another woman named Harriet. And while those two characters sing their conversation over tea and cakes, their inner voices, played by two other actresses, sing a conversation of a different tenor. Sophie Loban plays one of the inner voices, and it's a challenging part. Here's Sophie. I've been in a couple of musicals in high school, but this is a whole different challenge as it's contemporary, and it's it's a very different musical and acoustic, you know, variety than I would hear anywhere else. And so for me, a difficult part has been just trying to figure out where I fit with my where my voice fits in the whole in the whole scheme of things. Um, my favorite part about it is that. <laughs> My character is like the the comedic relief of the whole show, and I get to eat cake on stage while singing. You know, fingers crossed, hope I don't choke or anything, but <laughs> it is really fun. And I also get to sing really low. We're actually like the polar opposites. So she sings the highest um, notes in the whole piece. I sing the lowest notes. It's very different than I thought it would be, because I've never like acted and like sang for the entire time before. That's UMSL freshman Gracelyn Pinn, who plays Margaret. So it's a lot more work than just like a regular play or musical. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's really cool. <laughs> You're also wearing quite the um, wig right now. Can you tell our listeners what, what that's about? Um, the wig is actually the wig I'm using to practice in. <laughs> but for the show, we all have crazy colored, really fun wigs, sort of like Marie Antoinette style. Mine's actually going to be purple, not this blonde color. Uh, my name is Nick Bashaw, and I am a full-time student here at UMSL. I study vocal music education, and I'm a baritone. So my role in this show is a manservant, I've been dubbed. Um, so I uh, open the doors, I bring in the food, I do typical servant uh, jobs, as uh, Harriet is the wealthier of the two characters in this show. Is there a particular time, like period, that this is set in, do you know? You know, um, I'm not entirely sure it's meant to be in a particular time period. Um, I think it's meant to just kind of uh, be a representation of both the past and the present, uh, and maybe some of the future. 
Um, we're going for kind of a Marie Antoinette meets steampunk kind of a vibe. So um, I'm not sure there's an, a specific time period for it. Weekend wear something exquisite. I want those T's punctuated, okay? Right on the measure of weekend wear. You're on week two and one. this because the music is so ambiatic and beautiful and everything we still need to you're gonna make him fall in love again mm -hmm. I mean this is the entire plot all right so even though it's quiet and mysterious ladies the audience needs to really understand this yeah. you're going to seduce him you're gonna be do you're gonna wear something exquisite and he's gonna fall in love so I okay. need uh, more your forgetives and the book okay <laughs> And that was from producer Evie Hempel. She was at UMSL last weekend for a rehearsal of The Clever Artifice of Harriet and Margaret. And joining us in studio today to talk about it is Stella Marcoux. She is an associate professor of music and director of vocal studies at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Stella, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having us today. And we're also joined by Lexi Neal. She's an UMSL upper-class woman and one of the leads in this new production. Lexi, welcome. Thank you so much. So, Stella, an opera like this seems like such a challenge. What drew you to this material? When I pick an opera, my first concern is ethically, what can my voices support? And then what can my students uh, learn and grow from? So it's a 
first of all, for contemporary piece of work, it's just so well written for vocalists. And it's beautiful, beautiful music. It's gorgeous storytelling at its highest level. And it enables the students to really um, learn a new craft, learn a new musical language, and then explore characters that are really wonderful and extreme. Do you think you'd have to be an opera fan to appreciate it? Absolutely not. I sort of compare this work uh, as the inside out of Pixar, you know. So when you have, I think it's everyone's nightmare to have their inner voice projected on stage. But what's wonderful is, you know, opera in itself is an artifice. I mean, we go around singing, we don't speak. And so here you have your most inner thoughts sung, you know, at their highest level on stage. And it's really quite extraordinary to watch. So Lexi, you play Harriet. What is she up to in this opera? So Harriet is an upper class woman who married Charles Goodrich, who is a rich man. So they both live this exquisite, wonderful life, or so she thinks. And the other character who is um, portrayed as a physical being is Margaret, who married John. And John is a man who she thought she loved at the beginning, but he's not doing well in his craft. Mm. And so they come together and they have something they each have something that the other person wants. And so that's why they're coming together in the first place. The role that Harriet plays in all of this is that you kind of get to see the perfect balance between um, how she has over time shaped herself to be this person that the rest of the world wants to see. Mm. She's learned how to put on this mask in such a perfect way And the way that you can see the contrast between her outer voice and her inner voice is honestly kind of how the whole world works in a sense, that we all as people, you know, we, who we act, how we act is based on what we want the rest of the world to see. And that's exactly, you know, what we get to see with Harriet. And what we see with our inner voice is that we all have this different personality that lives within us. We have this raw, unfiltered emotion that's within us. So we all have, you know, a way more dynamic side to us than what we portray to the rest of the world. And that's what that's what Harriet is in this whole piece. So, so it's you're complex. there as the outer voice. Yes. Um, and that voice is sort of the voice that's ready to present to the public. How does that differ then from the vocalization of the, the woman playing your inner voice? Oh, it's it's crazy. So you're saying... <laughs> So the actual really cool thing about this, and this might be going off the grid a little bit, but scene one um, is basically where you see Harriet with her, who she is, and then you see her with her inner voice and how they interact. Mm -hmm. And you see this crazy, almost more vicious side to them, this, you know, unfiltered, unhinged side to them. And then you see scene two. And Harriet all of a sudden becomes this composed, this is my beautiful life. Look at my living room. Look at my cakes. Look at my tea. You know, she becomes this different side to her. And so to answer your question, Harriet's voice compared to her inner voice, which my inner voice is played by Madeline James, also a very, very talented soprano, is that her voice, she kind of gets to do more crazy vocalizations. She doesn't you know, have to put on this more like covered tone if she doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. So you're holding it in a little bit. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the interplay between those two things opens up all sorts of dramatic possibilities here, as well as vocal possibilities. I mean, this music must be just very intricate. 
Well, it's fascinating because uh, both Harriet and Hetty's characters share some similarities. So they're both extremely sophisticated and composed. And so even the sides of Hetty, which show more of her talents, anger, um, more, I guess, despicable qualities a human might possess, is still done under the disguise of elegance. And so they do share a lot of the same musical language. And so, for instance, when they rhapsodize about their love, John Caldwell, you know, they have these beautiful um, melismatic runs that are the same. And you also see when the objective is reached by the end, not only do they share same musical language, but then they become exactly parallel in their physical manifestation of it, which is a great contrast to Margaret and Maggie. And so Margaret's character, which is played by Graceland Penn, a wonderful soprano, is is just the artifice of complete pretension. She's almost obnoxious mm. in her um, capability to show how um, powerful she is. And then her inside voice is a complete mess. Just mm. a complete mess. Sounds like some <laughs> people. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to name names. <laughs> now, this opera is contemporary, but the costumes are not. I think a couple people mentioned Marie Antoinette. I mean, these are way over the top. Um, Lexi, what kind of challenge is it to do the type of singing you have to do wearing a corset? That seems like that would be really hard. It is hard, but in the same breath, it's sort of helpful because this show, I mean, it has a lot of beautiful music, but it's also very challenging. So you have to learn how to, you know, properly use your breath support. And Mm -hmm. whenever you have that pressure, you know, on your stomach, it kind of teaches you, you know, if you're getting enough breath or if you're not getting enough breath. So while it is difficult, it's also sort of helpful. That's interesting how yeah. those two things interplay. Yeah. Uh, Stella, in the, the bit that Evie played for us, we heard someone talking about eating cake on stage. How can one possibly sing opera and eat cake at the same time? You know, there's been a lot of uh, study I took into this. I mean, we've cooked, we've we've got angel food cake. Um, poor Sophie Loban, our wonderful mezzo, has had to eat so much cake. And, you know, can you eat this and still sing? Does this quote the uh, chords? And it's sort of the more um, humorous aspect because her character, you know, Margaret's character is, hasn't eaten. They're literally starving to death. Mm. And so the inner voice, when they first have this beautiful taste, I mean, their first instinct is just to uh, chipmunk it away in their cheeks. And so and that's part of the humorous aspect in the sense of, you know, how many of us have sat, you know, we've been starving and then someone offers us food and we're very polite and we take one piece, but we really just want to devour what's in front of us. Mm -hmm. So the inner voice gets to have this and it is challenging, but we've done extensive research. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Lexi, I know this is not your first opera that um, this is something you've really um, uh, developed an expertise in. What originally drew you to opera? It can be hard sometimes for younger people to, to find it. But you obviously have. Yeah, absolutely. So I started off um, doing musical theater. I did that, you know, as far as before my even middle school age. And then I got into high school and I started, we had like a mini conservatory. It was called Alton High School Conservatory, ran by Allison Neese and Eddie Hitchcock. And I started being introduced to the world of classical music. And I loved how it made me feel and how I was able to produce a sound that was so much more powerful than things that I had done before. And so through that, I met Dr. Stella Marcoux, who was wonderful. She came and did some clinics with my school. And from there, I was introduced to things that she had been doing. From there, I came to UMSL and did Pirates of Penzance with her and did uh, the medium that we did last year by Benani. And um, from there, I've just fallen in love um, you, with the art form. Are you thinking this might be a career? Absolutely, yes. I'm a vocal performance major right now, and that's currently my path, as I would love to pursue this. I absolutely know this will be a career path for Miss <laughs> <laughs> And 
is that that an industry where um, they're hiring and it, it's it's something someone can do full time if if one has the talent? Well, you know, training to be an operatic singer is like training to be an athlete, and anything that has an extraordinary uh, focus skill set takes so much time. And I, the entertainment industry is constantly changing. But the expectations of being an opera singer is just to have complete mastery over oneself, languages, and and their voice. And so that process is quite uh, extensive and long. But um, at the University of Missouri-St. Louis, we give everyone a chance mm-hmm. to to really um, know the works inside out and train and to grow and develop. And Lexi has been wonderful. She failed to mention she was part of our group that traveled to the National Opera Convention. We were um, finalists in the musical theater competition. And um, it's just been such a pleasure to see this young woman grow and develop. And she's sings so beautifully, and she's so sensitive to her character on stage. It's really something to behold. And if you want to see that performance, that is still on this weekend. Um, despite some of these fears of illness in the area, the show is going on. The show is still going on, to my knowledge. And um, I hope people will, I mean, of course, we want people to be cautious. Sure. But um, it is a really wonderful one-act show and a wonderful theater, and um, these students have worked very hard and would love the opportunity to show and express their talents. And I believe, I was looking at your website, these tickets are quite reasonable. They are, $10 cash at the door. Anytime you can get uh, opera for $10, that's that's amazing. I feel like people should take advantage of this opportunity, again, if they're in a good, healthy place to do so. so Absolutely. Um, well, best of luck to you both this weekend. Um, I guess, do you say break a leg for opera? We say toy toy. Oh, toy toy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stella Marcoux, Director of Vocal Studies at UMSL, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. And Lexi Neal, who is a rising opera star, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> thank you so much. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU.